It is Locked on Jazz for the 3rd of February. A fun night. Hustle all over the place. The young kids make enough plays and the veterans do what they need to. We'll talk about the key moments of that one. Will Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert make the All-Star team? We break that down and we look at four more teams. Do they have anything we want? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks for making Locked on Jazz our first, your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and the bell to be notified. And if you're on any of the other podcast platforms, please follow along. It is Happy Hat Day! Woohoo! Happy Hat Day! The Utah Jazz with a win. Last night, everybody's favorite thing, young kids who you have great hope for play well. Udoka Azabuke gets an opportunity to play and do well, which makes me really happy since he's had a pretty miserable run. The Denver Nuggets were without four of their five starters. The Jazz were without five of their top eight guys. Hustle all over the place, and it was a fun game. Qualifier, I don't want to be a buzzkill. But qualifier, before we go to nuts, and that is the Jazz without five of their top eight guys and the Nuggets without four of their five starters. I'm super fired up for our guys that they played well. I wouldn't go take it the next step and suddenly decide it's some sign that these guys are all ready and breaking through and they're there. I would give great credit to... The, the system, right? And the system is that they go to the G League, they're ready to play, they work with their coaches, they put in the time and the effort the whole time, and that they don't, um, you know, you're not wasting their time. And so in this circumstance where suddenly you have a night where they've got to play, they played well. Trent Forrest is the best example of this. He's been playing a lot. He's been around the team. He's working out with the guys. He's getting that exposure all the time. He's part of the regular rotation. And you, you know, again, now for like the sixth, seventh straight game, you told him like, we need more. And he gave more. And it's really interesting to listen to Trent Forrest talk about his role. There's a press conference we've played a lot of times on our radio broadcast. You may have heard where he says, Hey, like I'm on the floor with Boyan and Jordan and, Mike Conley or, you know, whomever, like, I'm not shooting. I'm giving them the ball. And last night when suddenly, you know, they're not on the floor with him, he had to make the plays. Trent now has played 14 or more minutes in seven straight games. He missed one in there. Um, And so, you know, with Donovan out uh, last eight games, Trent's getting an increased role and he's really done a nice job. And it's really interesting to look. He's playing 22 minutes a game. He doesn't shoot often. He's shooting 65% from the floor. He's two for five from three. He's averaging nine points, three rebounds, two assists. His performance last night, more than anyone else's, is kind of, yes, you can say there's a viability to it. Now, again, 
you know, he wasn't going up against Jamal Murray. He wasn't going up against on a switch against, you know, whomever that their main guys weren't there, but he did a fabulous job last night. And the fact that Alex Jensen had him on the floor for 38 minutes tells you exactly what the coaches think of him. You know, when they went to Phoenix, he played 36 minutes uh, when the Jazz were shorthanded and, and no, and a bunch of guys didn't play um, when Mike and everyone sat in Phoenix and Donovan and Rudy were out. Uh, you know, he played 36 minutes. They trust this guy at a really high level. So Trent, as much as I put the qualifier there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Trent Forrest is actually the one that was most, you know, oh, like, oh, wow. Like, that's that takes something from that. I'm super excited for Jared Butler and Adoka Azabuke, and even on the lower level, Elijah Hughes. We talked about them yesterday, um, and I thought we saw all the flashes which make you think that they can play, all the little pieces that make you see how far away they are, all the little pieces that make you concerned about whether or not they're you know going to be long-term viable NBA rotation players. Butler's hesitation, offensive natural game, shiftiness is really good. Like that move he had in the middle of the paint. Now, again, it's on, uh, you know, uh, not not like it wasn't on. I think I'm trying to remember. I think he um, he faked out um, Zeke on that one, if I remember correctly. Um, Najee, the, the second-year player out of Arizona, who I really like. Like he's the 20th pick of the draft. But it was super for Doka Azapuke to go up against Najee, who's similar draft, same draft class, same draft range. He's got a lot more opportunity. Um, and then Doak held his own. Doak did really well. Doak did a bunch of things terrifically last night. And so you got to see with these young players last night, the work they're putting in, the system the Jazz have between their G League coaching staff, the front, the front office, and the Jazz coaching staff, and the work that they're putting in with their individual coaches. You got to see the flashes that made them become NBA players, vi- like be drafted, be NBA players. You got to see the things that were going to make them be – uh, possible NBA players. And frankly, you also saw the things um, that make you a little concerned. JC Rogers is saying Hughes defense was sure ugly thing to watch last night, which seems brutal on a poor kid, but he has very heavy legs. I talked about that yesterday on the show. He has very heavy legs. And so can he, you know, use that to his strength defensively? I just think he's going to have to be very, very physical defensively. He's just playing zone. He's going to have to be Royce O'Neal where he's up on you. If he's defending, because if he does get caught in space and have to move, that's an area where he struggles um, a great deal. So, yes, I think, um, you know, that's what we saw. Like, um, you know, I think we saw Jared had a bad turnover at one point. We saw Jared have some defense possessions. Bryn Forbes, uh, Trent Forrest, and Jared Butler could not keep up with Bryn Forbes on those pin downs. Like, and on those routed screens, he was just getting a ton of airspace, and then he wouldn't miss. That's part of the process. So it was cool. It was really cool. The energy level was through the roof. The play where Royce O'Neal dives over Zeke Njai, um, or excuse me, Zeke Naji, um, was like electric. I actually didn't realize. I don't think Royce actually touched the ball in that. It just showed the effort and energy that was out there from the Jazz players. Uh, and I thought Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich were really, really terrific. You know, Mike was interestingly just plus zero. So the tip of the hat to Trent Forrest and um, – and Jared Butler, because while they were on the floor as our as our guards, they were they were positive for last night, which, you know, I really thought and I said it during the broadcast that the key to the whole game was going to be that that wasn't a disaster. Not only wasn't a disaster, it was positive. So that's cool. 
Um, so it's just a really, that was fun. The energy level, the crowd was amazing. Um, and you know, there were a ton of guys get to prove their point. They were, they were playing Will Barton, their only starter. He wasn't particularly good last night. And then Jeff Green got a lot of time and he was horrendous. Um, and, you know, it was interesting to watch, actually. I thought both Jeff Green and Rudy Gay, the veterans out there without guys in their first stints, were pretty, like, lethargic and not particularly engaged. Like, wow, like, what? And then the energy of all the other guys, of the Davon Reeds and the Bones Highlands, of the Jared Butlers and the Doka Azabukes and, and the Trent Forrest suddenly upped the ante and got everybody else involved. Um, on a few little notes on jazz players, I thought was interesting. Royce O'Neal's defensive rating last night was a 97. So when he, the 34 minutes he was on the floor, the defensive rating was a 97. Um, Eric Pascal and Elijah Hughes defensive rating was not great last night. Um, it was in the one forties to one fifties, um, on that, uh, overall, if you, in this, it was interesting. The first half, by the way, was all offense. It was as though the young kids had just no idea how to defend. Um, the jazz had an offensive rating of 133. The Nuggets had a defense, an offensive rating of 139. Um, so the first half was all offense. And it kind of is an interesting thing about this league that generally young players actually have no idea how to defend. Veteran players know how to defend. The question is just whether they're going to or not um, is, is kind of where it sits. And then the playoffs, they usually do. Um, and the second half was really different. The offenses went away. The Jazz offense was 100 and Denver's was a 91. So it was really flipped game. Guys might have gotten tired. Defenses might have tightened up. And within the 11 minutes, Azubuke was on the floor in the second half playing a center. The Jazz defense was a 70 rating, which is incredible. In the 19 minutes, Trent Forrest was on the floor. It was a 79. So tip of the hat um, to both those guys in that. One other thing I thought was super cool last night I just wanted to mention was Alex Jensen uh, getting to coach and getting his first win. And what I thought was cool about it is there was no benchmark by which for him to follow. In other words, because you had just not had a game where Jared Butler and Trent Forrest were your backcourt and Eric Paschal was, you know, you just were so short guys. And frankly, they weren't either. The Jazz went through all the shoot around, how they were defending Jokic, what their game plan was, all the things that they were going to do. And then as the, you know, then Jokic doesn't play, Aaron Gordon doesn't play. The tr- it's kind of the game plan's out the window. We went f- everything small ball. Uh, for the whole game, which was advantageous, I think, to Forrest, who was able to play isolation, to Butler, who gets a little small in the paint. Both those guys, that was an advantageous game for them. And AJ's coaching that one without a lot of – and and to Vince Lagarza and Lamar Skeeter and Brian Bailey and all the guys on the bench with him, Dell Demps and the crew. Um, you know, I think there weren't – there wasn't really – uh, a model by which you're following. So you're really, you really got to coach a game t- last night. Um, and I thought that was cool to see uh, AJ get to do that. So congratulations to Alex. I've obviously known Alex since he was 19 years old, I think out of Viewmont high school. Um, so, you know, and I've had multiple fun meals with him from back to, uh, you know, Portland in the sliding door, whatever it's called um, where screen door, where we debated Chris Paul's value 13 years ago um, to this year. We, you know, or the, you know, what the, uh, to another, what's always in Portland with Alex. Um, we went to Ox a few years back and debated uh, if we had a terrible president, what the real impact would be. I guess, you know, some of our minds, we got to find out. Um, I didn't say whom, you can all decide. Um, you know, so it was interesting. We just have great conversations this year. We had a wonderful meal uh, with uh, Erdem in the, uh, in Dallas at, um, uh, this Uchi, this great uh, sushi place and talked about their 
time in Turkey and how Turkish politics work in the world. So my point on Alex is it's always a fun conversation. It's rarely about basketball, though the Chris Paul one was. And uh, I'm really happy for him, really excited uh, for him to have that experience and get that win. He's, you know, hopefully he gets a break at some point um, in the NBA, if not the University of Utah, will circle back at some point in time. Uh, it is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for making us the first listen. Will Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert make the all-star team? My answer is yes, with a little nervousness on one of them more than the other. I'll explain what I mean by that when we come back. Uh, there's an interesting group. It's called Summit Capital. They're a local investment group made of, of successful business operators. They actually invested in Locked on, so a local Utah company. They're looking for three things, one of which I think is really, really interesting. The three they're looking for is entrepreneurs seeking capital to help grow businesses, natural. Owners who are seeking to sell their businesses. And then this is my favorite, providing capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of a business they work in. So what, what it means by that is let's take there's an old family business. You've been working it for a long time. You're kind of almost part of the family. You run, you help run the company. The, the patriarch or matriarch of the company has gotten older and it's time for them to sell, but they don't really have someone to sell to. And you don't have the capital working for them. You might know someone in this circumstance. You don't have the capital to be able to buy out the family because you're not actually part of the family, but maybe their kids don't want to take over or really they don't want their kids to take over, which is usually the case. So this is where Summit Capital comes in and gives you the funds and understands that you know the business so well that you can grow it and make it different. They're entrepreneurs themselves, so their approach is that of an entrepreneur. I can honestly tell you that with them, they never asked for an exit date. They never asked what our exit plan was. They just wanted updates. They asked great questions in a field they didn't know particularly well, which I thought was really interesting. It's Summit Capital. If any of those things kind of fit to your needs, give Matt a text at 801-796-2033. That's 801 796 2033, or you can email lockedonjazz at summitcaputah.com. That's lockedonjazz at summitcaputah.com. Pretty interesting opportunity out there. Unique advertiser, certainly to Locked On. I hope you can find a way to make it work for you and um, have them do great things uh, for you because that would be really cool. I'd love to hear about it. that. would make me super happy. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.net. Football playoffs beginning to wrap up, but Bet Online has you covered this season. Major props, odds, lines more than ever before as football continues its march to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. It's not just football. Bet Online has up to the minute pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real time updates for current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2020 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. BetOnline.net. Let's see what they have. Rams are a four and a half point favorite over the Bengals. The over/under is forty-eight point five. You can bet the Olympics. Uh, how many medals will the U.S. get? They've got um, all those kind of notes for you as well, um, and some and some very simple, easy places to get your odds um, at BetOnline.net. All right. Um, Will Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert get named to the All-Star game? By the way, over in the chat room, what player, I would love to hear your thoughts, on what player last night was the one that you were most fired up about? In the chat room, for those of you who are live on YouTube or joining us on YouTube, what player was it? Kalen, too, says, Mike Conley was sublime, as always, so cool under pressure. It's a big deal, by the way. Mike Conley has done a, has really stepped up 
uh, his leadership on this team. You actually saw it in the huddle in the Jazz video um, that they laid out last night, that you saw him being the one that said, we're going to be all right, guys. We're going to bring this together. Um, I think that's very important for this team, that Mike Conley's leadership has increased. Um, Because as much as Donovan and Rudy are two best players, this is not always their strength is the leadership area of things. Jace Roberts says Royce's effort on both sides is inspirational every night, a true jazz man. And Tyler gives everyone props. This was one of the better jazz games I've seen this season. The young guys deserve some credit for the win. All right, drop it over in the chat room. Who was the player that you were most impressed with uh, last night by the uh, jazz from the Jazz. All right, well, here's a negative thought from Tyler Hopkins. I don't think Donovan and Rudy make the all-star team this year. I hope I'm wrong, but with Rudy's injury, Donovan out with concussion systems, I think they're better off resting. I think they think they're better off playing in the all-star game. Hopefully, we see both of them back. Um, here's where I look at it. So we have seven spots. To me, I really actually think that six of the spots are set. So Chris Paul, Devin Booker, unquestionably. Luka Doncic, unquestionably. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns. To me, that's the six spots. Now, the problem is there are three all-stars that are deserving that are not on that list. Let's start with Draymond Green. Draymond Green's had an amazing year. I think has to be on the all-star team maybe should move himself into the kind of guaranteed level of all-stars, but he's only played 34 games. But I can't imagine with the Warriors being as good as they were this year, that Draymond Green doesn't get an all-star bid. And there's your seven. However, this is where it gets a little sketchy. And I actually think it gets sketchy for Donovan of anyone is that there's Paul George who's played just 26 games and is not going to be a, available for the all-star game, but was having an amazing year at 25.7 rebounds and six assists. There's Anthony Davis, who is averaging 24 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, and has played 31 games this year. And then you go to Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Town, Donovan's played 40 games this year. Like to me, 40 is a lot more than 31. Oh, maybe nine more, but it's, you know, it's also 33% more. It's almost double what Paul George has played. But if you look at Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, and you put Draymond Green in at 34 games, and I think that's probably the right amount, I think that gets him in. And Rudy Gobert's played 42 games. If that's the list, you're fine. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, Draymond Green. The thing is, do you think any of the following players get in? Paul George at 26 games. Anthony Davis at 31 games. DeAndre Ayton because Phoenix is awesome. Mikel Bridges, because Phoenix is awesome. DeJounte Murray, because he's been good, but I think overrated at this point. Well, I don't know. He's been good. He's really good, but he's so inefficient. Or Anthony Edwards. If you think any of those six get in, then 
who comes out. So let me ask the first question over in the YouTube chat room for everyone. Of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, and Draymond Green. If that's your seven, if somebody else gets in, who gets bumped out? Who would it be in your mind that gets bumped out? Paul Booker, no chance. Doncic, no chance. Gobert, I think no chance. Donovan, Carl Anthony Towns, Draymond Green. One of those three, and I almost feel like Draymond Green's a no chance. Who gets bounced out? Second question, who are you most fearful gets bounced in? So if those are our seven, if someone else is going to get an all-star bid, Andrew Wiggins has made this tight. Thank you to K-pop. Who do you think would be the one that gets in? Who are you most fearful gets into Donovan's spot? Paul George, 26 games. Anthony Davis, 31 games. DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, DeJounte Murray, or Anthony Edwards. I'll say it again. Paul George, 26 games. Anthony Davis, 31 games. DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, DeJounte Murray, or Anthony Edwards. Do you think any of those get in, and do they bump Donovan Mitchell out? Richard says they bump Cat out. Somebody whose name is close to Cucumber says they bump Donovan out. Um, so, be interesting. I think we're fine. But that's that's when you're watching TV tonight. That's what we're watching. Um, Mike Conley got in as a third All-Star as an injury replacement player for the Jazz last year. And I think if Draymond Green gets in and doesn't play, you could see that's where DeAndre Ayton or Mikel Bridges gets in as the third piece of the Phoenix Suns to honor what they've done. They're great. They deserve they deserve to be honored. Um, they have run away with the one seed in the Western Conference the same way we did last year, and we thought we should be honored. They should be honored. They are 41-9. and nine. The Warriors are 39-13. and 13. That have won seven straight. Draymond's probably got to get in. Memphis at 36-18. and 18. Does Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson make a run? I don't think so. Jazz at 31-21, and 21, and frankly, the injuries are the issue. So they probably deserve two. Luka gets in. Denver has Jokic. Minnesota's at 26 and 25, one game ahead of the Clippers. Minnesota's probably deserves to have somebody in. Lakers are at 25 and 27 and probably don't deserve to have more than LeBron in. Um, so interesting. Tyler says he fears Paul George more than anyone else on that list. All right, we're going to play our continual trade game. I don't know if we've come up with anyone interesting. I thought yesterday was the most interesting of our trades. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a 10-minute uh, piece out there. Haven't got a lot of feedback from people of whether they care about our 10-minute snippets instead of the 30-minute YouTube versus the full podcast on audio. The numbers are, are actually interesting to analyze. Um, but if anyone has any comments, you're always welcome to share with me at dlock09 at gmail.com or just on Twitter um, at dlock09. I appreciate that. Uh, when you do, you guys helped build this network and gave me all the insight. Thanks for making Locked On Chaz. Your first listen, good recap of last night's full action of the NBA at Locked On NBA. Kiana Stevens hosting that uh, for you tonight uh, or today on Locked On NBA. Uh, trade deadline show coming up, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Rock Auto. 
Save time, save money with Rock Auto. You could spend 30 to 50% or even more on some parts from chain stores or car dealerships. Like the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I need Hyundai, Murdoch Hyundai. It's not Murdoch Hyundai. I need Hyundai uh, Santa Fe windshield wipers, and I need the things for my diesel van. And I will go to rockauto.com, and then I will write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so that they know. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Time for us to continue our fun little game that we've been playing where we've run through all the um, teams of the NBA. So let me uh, set it up. And seeing if they have anything we want. We are up to the Minnesota Timberwolves. We always share our screen on this. Um, I don't know if it actually is that visible. But the Minnesota Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns at $31 million. I always think the most interesting question is whether you would trade Rudy Gobert for Carl Anthony Towns. I just think it's a really fascinating NBA discussion. I would not. Um, I think Rudy's way better. I don't know that for a long time that was... The discussion, Carl Anthony Towns is the most brilliant offensively talented player. Um, D'Angelo Russell's been super good. The numbers would actually tell you that D'Angelo Russell is the player that makes that engine run right now and probably deserves the all-star team. Um, they're right on the tax line, so they're a little limited. Mikel, uh, Mikel Beasley, or Malik Beasley's interesting. I don't know, you know. Patrick Beverly's on a $14 million deal, one year expiring. I still think this is the team that should end up with Ben Simmons. I just do. Um, Torian Prince is one year, $13 million player. I was talking with someone the other day who really likes Torian Prince, and I can't disagree with her in that conversation. 6'6", 220. I mean, that's just the dream body. He was actually originally drafted by the Jazz. Career 34% three-point shooter. Career 37% three-point shooter. Um, there's really not a lot to not like about him. It's curious to me of why he only plays 16 minutes a night. That would be actually my like question on Torian Prince is he, he played playing 16 minutes a night in Cleveland last year. He played 24 in Brooklyn. He was down to 18. He was at 29 before that third. Like, I like him a lot. I wonder why he doesn't play more. Um, I always think there's some level Bryn Forbes last night. Super good. Why has he been on four teams in four years? Like, is that just a unique thing on his contract? Um, but Torian Prince is interesting at $13 million one year. I don't, that's not a deal I think we could make on that because I don't know, unless they had somebody they wanted long-term um, on our roster. But I do think he's interesting a free agent at the end of the year. It's worth kind of keeping a name uh, on interest with him. Anthony Edwards, yes, give up. the. He's going to be great. Josh Okogie's interesting. They're not using him. He's at four years. He's at one million. He's at uh, a one-year contract, free agent at the end of the year. Probably the same circumstance of what we're talking about. The thing about Okogie that's interesting is he really just can't shoot it. He's a 27% three-point shooter. So as much as he's a great physical defensive player, the reason he doesn't play much for them is he can't shoot it. They've got a nice find in Vanderbilt out of Denver on the back end of that trade. Jake Lehman's a free agent at the end of the year. Jaden McDaniels, they did a nice job drafting him and turning him into a player. So there's not a lot at the end of this. Uh, Noel's been nice, two-year contract. They're not going to give that up. So in regards to this trade deadline, probably nothing. But Torian Prince and Akogi are two players that if you're trying to get more athletic um, are probably worth looking into uh, for the future. Uh, Brandon Ingram, four years, $29 million. I don't think you're doing anything that massive. We're not interested in Valanchunas, four years, $14 million over three years. Still kind of 
can't figure out what they did there. Josh Hart's interesting. Three-year, $12 million contract. So, you know, if they're they're uh, $19 million under the tax line, but they've got some issues coming up. They're going to have to pay a bunch of players. Uh, Josh Hart's interesting. Would they be willing to get off of Josh Hart? This, frankly, matches Joe Ingles' contract. Um, Hart is a player who's a really good rebounding guard at 6'5 out of Villanova. Um, he's a decent three-point shooter at 34.5%, but not great, actually. 32% this year. Um, his career's a 35%, 34.5%, so maybe a little less good shooter you think. He scores about 13 points a game. He does grab eight rebounds. He dimes out four assists. He's an interesting player. Got a lot of skills. There are some people who have said to me, the more I watch him, the less I like him, which is an interesting concept, and I wonder there are these players in the NBA who you – uh, when you see them every day and play with them all the time, you're not as you're not as in love with them um, as you would be. But that one's interesting. If the Jazz were willing, three years is a long time on a deal. He's got two more years. They might want out from under that, um, depending where they are um, in their future moves and their future flexibility. So that one's a little interesting. Um, you'd probably have to move some draft capital, but maybe not. Maybe just Joe Ingles' contract for Josh Hart gets a deal done. Um, and we get smaller, though, in that circumstance, and I'm not sure – you know, that's a great answer for us. Uh, but he is a good rebounder. He plays much bigger. He's an interesting player. Not a great shooter. You're going from 44% three-point shooter to 34% three-point shooter. Um, Sadoransky, $10 million for a year. They don't need to get off this contract for tax purposes or anything of that sort. Um, and then the rest of their roster, I don't think they're willing to move. Nikel Alexander-Walker is one of the least efficient players. Herb Jones is a great find. Um, so I think the only player there of, of real interest is Josh Hart. Um, you're welcome in the chat room. If you see a player we're talking that you think is interesting to throw it out there. Uh, Oklahoma city is interesting because Oklahoma city is so far under the salary cap. They actually need to add contracts. So the jazz are $14 million over the tax line. One thing the jazz could probably do is change the restrictions on the current pick Oklahoma city has from us that they got in the favors deal maybe add another pick, move Joe Ingles' contract, and save themselves about 20, maybe more, million dollars. Um, Like, if nothing else materializes on draft night, I really wouldn't be surprised at all if, um, you know, if, in fact, that the Jazz made that deal. Nothing materializes, and they can get off, they can trade a, a pick that's not too detrimental long-term and move Joe Ingles contract to Oklahoma city. And then that gives them the ability to just not have to pay 20, whatever million dollars of tax. And frankly, the minute the jazz do that, they could get really close. Um, let me look at that again. Um, I believe Ingles is at 13 million. We're at 14.6. You add one other contract, one other million, you know, frankly, you put Elijah Hughes and Joe Ingles together. I think we get under the tax which has huge implications. It means you're no longer a repeater tax team. Um, As you rebuild it for the next season, it also just saves you, you know, that would save the, I think that would save the jazz in the range of like $36 million. Um, So there's a real chance that if the trade deadline doesn't materialize, that the move you make is Joe Ingles to Oklahoma city for, um, you know, really just a draft with a draft pick to Oklahoma city into that, into a trade exception, um, which you could use at a future date. Sometimes they're used, sometimes they're not, and save a lot of money. It's a really boring move in the sense, like for all of us in the chat room, um, we'd be like, eh, that's not very much fun. It also might be really, really franchise smart and also long-term flexibility because of the fact that you don't have 
um, you don't have long-term tax, uh, Peter tax issues, which are, are real. Here's the Phoenix Suns. I, I'm sure they're not moving anyone. Um, the only one that would be interesting on there, actually, on some level, is like Dario Saric has two years left. Is coming off an ACL. I, they're over, they're seven million under the tax line. I don't think they're trying to save money, but we could actually trade like Joe Ingles for Dario Saric. We'd have Saric next year, save a little bit of money on the deal, get us a little bit further under the tax. They would actually not be hurt by it, and it just is an irrelevant deal. So Saric isn't going to play, but it actually is a money move. But also, we might decide we like Saric. I, I like Saric. They might decide they like Saric too. Um, Jalen Smith, they did not offer a contract to. Um, so he's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't, you know, if we love him, you might just go get him. I, I, the way they build their roster is so interesting. Most teams, like we have all the young players at the end of our roster. They have Bismack Biombo, Frank Kaminsky, Alfred Payton, Abdul Nadar, Landry Shamit, Jalen Smith. Like these got J- Javel McGee, they're actually cheaper. It's kind of interesting on roster building if you actually compare them to the Utah Jazz. So like Elijah Hughes is earning 1.5. Alfred Payton's earning 1.7. They're about the same. Kaminsky's averaging one, is at 1.7. Hassan's about the same. Um, Abdul Nader's actually earning a little bit more than Pascal. Uh, Jared Butler is a second-round pick, is the cheapest of them all. But it's an interesting Adok Azabuke is at two year at two million dollars is our young developmental project. You know, that's probably, you know, their Bismack Biombo they picked up. But they they're not doing developmental draft prospects. They're taking veterans who are kind of trying to work their way back through the league and get time. A lot of teams stay away from this because you end up with Alfred Payton, Frank Kaminsky, Landry Shamit, not Jalen Smith, not playing and getting really grumpy and unhappy about not playing. And it disturbs your, disturbs your roster. Um, and Monty Williams has found is miraculously and really impressively found a way to do that in Phoenix. And I think it's a really interesting roster building by James Jones, who was probably one of those players, right. Who sat at the end of the bench and could handle it. And so he he's, he's more comfortable doing that than maybe um, some other, some other front offices that are coming from different backgrounds. So super interesting um, kind of way to build their roster and they've done a nice job with it. All right. That is locked on jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks for all the chat room conversation. Uh, appreciate the con- comments and a good little conversation. February 10th is the trade deadline. That is officially one week away. We will have a live trade deadline special on Locked On NBA show, so make sure you tune in. Have a super day. Talk to you soon. Jazz Nets Friday. Tickets available at utahjazz.com. For your second listen, go listen to Locked On now. Have a good one.